The show must go on. Man, it's been really exciting just to talk to so many wonderful people these days. In my time networking, almost 12 years on LinkedIn, that's where I do most of my networking beyond things I do in person, has been very fruitful and beneficial in that I've, I've gotten to meet some really amazing people. And one of those people is Sandy Green, who was referred to me by one of our previous podcast guests, Stephanie Gordon. Awesome episode. You got to check it out. But Sandy's doing some work that I think is really interesting, very different than what I'm used to. And I think the aspect of health and wellness that maybe is not covered so much, but uh, Sandy, at least in my field, uh, Sandy is a lactation counselor and a postpartum doula. Very fascinating stuff that we talked about today that will open your eyes and I think actually just make a lot of sense. So I think you guys are get a lot out of it and a lot of talk about parenthood, which is a universal thing for so many people. Um, so I think you guys are going to really enjoy my conversation with Sandy. And without further ado, Sandy Green. Sandy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Sorry about that. That's Both okay. <laughs> my, I just got a Tesla and um, I'm learning about it. Figure out That's how. exciting. It's, it's always connecting to stuff, to my phone. So <laughs> I was like, oh no. And I heard your voice outside because yeah. my daughter was playing this little driving game that they have on it. And she's like, I heard a lady's voice. And I was like, this isn't, ro- this isn't Darian. <laughs> <laughs> It's very cute. Oh, man. Oh, thanks for understanding. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> you know, the uh, the weird things in life that pop up here and there. Yeah, right? <laughs> How are you doing today, by the way? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. I uh, I enjoy doing my podcast quite a bit. Good. I had another person on earlier, and uh, we had a great conversation. And either most of the people I either know or I know through somebody else, or sometimes I I don't know him at all. And lately, mm-hmm. our first conversations have been on the podcast, which is awesome. That's kind of fun. Just kind of roll with it and see where it goes. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm not a spontaneous person in general, but I like it <laughs> on this for some reason. I don't know. It's good. It's stretching you. It's a, it's a good growth exercise if you're not spontaneous in other things. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, it's been well-received. I'm having a great time. And uh I believe we got connected through Stephanie Gordon, correct? We did, yeah. So yeah. how do you know Stephanie? Steph uh, lives on my block. Nice. And our kids are very close in age. They're about three months, three or four months difference. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So she yeah. recommended you, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's it was awesome. very nice. Well, she was wonderful. I've I've known her. I really haven't known known her for a long time, but uh, uh-huh. I I wrote some piece, uh, part of an article for her, and then uh, I said, "Man, you're interesting to me. I think you should be on the show." <laughs> and she was like very nervous about it. And I'm like, "Wait a minute, weren't you a reporter or something like that?" She's like I'm Write used it. to doing the interviewing. The written you know? word, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm not the one that get it, gets interviewed normally. I'm That's like, what she told me. <laughs> But she did great. It was great. Yeah. I, I enjoyed listening to her her episode, and she told me how much she enjoyed it. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, you come highly recommended by her. Oh, thank you. Yeah, of course. And uh, actually, I think what you're doing and the things that you're uh, – like you're a doula, right, and a lactation consultant and yes, a mother, I'm a... mother and many things, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a postpartum doula. Some people don't realize there's two different types. Uh, but a postpartum doula and a lactation counselor. So I work with moms right after the baby arrives. So tell me a little bit about kind of your motivation for getting into this and kind of the genesis of this. Sure. So I this is a huge pivot for me, actually. I worked in the nonprofit sector for about 17 years. And really, I enjoyed that work. It was fun. It was fulfilling. And then I had my son. And just like everybody said, um, everything in my life changed Mm -hmm. the way that I view the world, my perspectives, my priorities. Um, And I, you know, having a kid is hard, even in the best of circumstances. Of course it is. (laughs) 
I, I really relied heavily on the support systems that I had around me, lactation consultants and baby nurses and uh, family and support groups and all that kind of stuff. And I just was inspired to be a part of that world. And so I made a complete and total career change. Wow. I mean, it must have been very strong, that feeling to pull you away from something you've been doing for 17 years. It was. It was. You know, I, I loved the nonprofit space because I felt like I was doing good for the community. And so I see this as just another way of doing good for the community. So when I look at it that way, it's not such a big leap. Right. You know, Stephanie and I were discussing parenting and having children. And, um, and she wrote this very interesting piece. I don't know if you read it about when, you know, she experienced about, I think it was a grandmother or something. that said, all oh, the years go by quick, you know, and it was like, this lady was going through a really tough time with the child and the child was like, but you know, kids blow up and they have these tantrums and stuff. And she's like, I didn't need to hear that yes, at that point. I did read I did that. Not need, yeah. It was like awesome because I'm, I'm a very hands-on dad. And so I've actually been around probably a little more than my wife just because of the nature of our jobs uh-huh. and stuff. So I, I totally identified with that completely. Yeah. It was a great article. I, I tell people all the time, it's okay not to enjoy every moment of this. It's hard. <laughs> this stuff is really hard. <laughs> it's brutal sometimes, you know, and they're beautiful human beings, little kids, and they're special, but man, they push you. Yep. I tell you. Yep. It's, it's all the good and all the bad. And it's the, the reality of it. And I just thought, I was like, wow, that really just resonated with me. So I think it's interesting. We're kind of segueing to what, what you're doing and especially about pumping correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Tell me a little bit about kind of the difficulties related to that. Maybe that people aren't aware of. So there's, there's a lot more women who are pumping than ever before. And I think it's, it's in part because breast pumps are now available through insurance in the U S mm-hmm. so almost everyone can get a breast pump for free and they're way better than they used to be. So, you know, it used to be that like they were expensive and they didn't work that great. So you'd lose your supply anyway. And that's just not the case anymore. So there's more and more women pumping. There's also laws now in the U.S. that protect breastfeeding moms in the workplace, which is also relatively new. So you've got all these moms who are breastfeeding and pumping and it it's different than direct nursing. It's mechanical, it's technical, and there's different emotional challenges that come along with it. And one of the things that I had personal experience with was nursing didn't work for me, for us. We had, it's a long story, we had issues. And so I ended up becoming what's called an exclusive pumper, which means that you breastfeed just from pumping. You don't nurse. Mm. And this is a totally new phenomenon that we're seeing but there's thousands of women who are breastfeeding beautifully successfully without actually nursing they're just using breast pumps right and so you so for yourself you're i've seen i went to your website and everything is well done by the way really awesome and looks like you're doing some amazing things what's been what's been the response or what's been the and also the the challenges and the successes of what you're doing? Um, So the response has been really great so far. You know, it's a new business, growing it slowly and steadily over the last year. And the response has been really good. It's, It's a new, like I said, it's a new area. So there's not so many people talking about it. And a lot of lactation consultants, and I love lactation consultants. This is not a bash on them in any way. But they're not, the training doesn't include pumping. Hmm. My training had, I don't know, like 10 minutes on pumping out of the entire course. Uh You just, you're not getting it um, because it's not the most common way that people are breastfeeding. And so women who are pumping uh, often are getting discouraged by lactation consultants and by healthcare providers who just don't have the information or the knowledge or the experience. 
And so I get a lot of women who come to me and they're like, I met with three lactation consultants. I'm so glad I finally found your Instagram page (laughs) and, you know, things like that. So it's been, it's been really great. And I love being able to put this information out into the world. Uh, You know, the challenging part is just getting the word out there. You know, there's, there's not that many people doing what I'm doing. And it's, it's about visibility and it's about, you know, the challenge is helping as many moms as possible just know that this is available to them. So, and you're, you're saying there's not that many people you may have mentioned a bit. Why do you, do you, why do you think there's so few people doing what you're doing, actually getting out there and making it a more public thing? I think because it's new. I think that's really what it was. I mean, for the longest time, healthcare providers, lactation consultants would say you can't exclusively breastfeeding, uh, pumping, excuse me, isn't possible because the machines aren't good enough. You, you will lose your milk supply. It's supply and demand. The machine isn't going to tell your body to make enough milk and it's not going to work. And that was true for a very long time. And it's just starting to change and the education isn't catching up or hasn't caught up fast enough, but it's starting to. Right. Well, especially with people like yourself, you know, getting the word out there and make it more accessible mm-hmm. to people for that. So what, what do you feel are your kind of your long range plans with what you're doing? Oh, wow. That's a big question. So a big question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. We ask big questions. <laughs> so I, so I love doing my one-on-one coaching. That's mostly what I do now. Okay. And I do, uh, I do programs. So you sign up for like four, eight, 12 weeks and you get weekly counseling and all of these resources and pumping information. And my next big plan is to launch a, an online support circle for exclusively pumping moms, because there's tons of breastfeeding support groups, local breastfeeding support groups. They're in like almost every town, at least where I'm, where I'm from in New Jersey. And they're wonderful, but they don't speak to the needs of exclusively pumping moms. Now, is there a stigma related to pumping versus breastfeeding? Like, is there a whole kind of clash of things or is there some psychology related to it? I mean, I'm not obviously well versed on it, but, (laughs) you know, most things that are new or have been done certain ways for a very long time, there's usually some like, well, this is what you should be doing. So, you Mm -hmm. know, we don't do that other thing. Is there something like that in this area? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like all of these things, it depends on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. But there, there definitely is. There are the people who say that you're, you're not getting the bonding experience that nursing gives you. So there's no point in it. There are people who say oh. the breast milk loses its nutrients as soon as you put it in the refrigerator. There are people who say it's not safe because you're exposing the milk to possible bacteria and things like that when you don't feed directly from the breast. So there's definitely people who are not fans and who are huh. naysayers. It's, it's fascinating. I, yeah, I think the whole, the bond, I mean, I don't, I don't know a lot of this stuff, but I think the whole bond argument is very interesting, like against it. Mm-hmm. Um, I say on my show, I like to be very transparent. Like uh, my daughter, who you met kind of, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we adopted her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, you know, we didn't do anything in terms of, you know, the breastfeeding obviously and stuff like that. But you know, I don't, the bond thing, I don't know, we're very close. I'm we're sure very, you are. Very close. So I just don't understand that element of like, well, you know, you're not going to have that bonding. Like, I don't get it either. I mean, it's. I understand it's, it. I mean, it's also, it's saying that fathers can't bond in the same way that mothers can, which we know is just, it's just untrue. There what? is something, huh. you know, there, there is a beautiful bonding component to breastfeeding, but it's not sure. the only way to bond with your baby. So what do you think that is that there is that dissenting opinion? Why is, why would somebody say that? 
That's such a good question. I think there's probably a lot of reasons why people say things like that. I think a lot of it comes from just not knowing, not understanding. I think some of it comes from this culture. Have you ever heard of the word lactivist? No. So a lactivist is, <laughs> uh, is someone who strongly, boldly, sometimes aggressively, but not always, advocates that breast is best. That breastfeeding breast is best. Breast is best. Yep, breast <laughs> is best. This is a whole new world. <laughs> yeah. Breast is best. Yep, and for a long time, um, breastfeeding advocates had this reputation of being lactivists and being almost militant in it. If you talk to people of like my parents' generation, my parents are in their 60s, they would have, they would have said that the La Leche League was almost yes. militant in their, in their advocacy for breastfeeding. And that was really in response to the big commercial um, advertising of formula over breast milk. Mm-hmm. And so they felt like they needed to be aggressive and militant and loud and putting this breast is best message out into the world. And so there was a reason for it. And I think a lot of people, even though we've come very far from there, and I think most people who are advocates of breastfeeding are not aggressive in that way anymore. They're not militant. Mm-hmm. La Leche League is a very open and beautiful place to go now. <laughs> um, I, it's really, it's, it's a wonderful, it's wonderful, wonderful resource. Uh, but, you know, what's that saying? That old habits die hard? <laughs> Yes, yes. And so I think that's part of it. I think that's with a lot of things. When people become very uh, almost stagnant and or tradition-based in many things where they go, you know, this is what everybody's doing. It's almost like a sheep mentality. Mm-hmm. In a sense, it's just what we do, yeah. you know. And then you don't see that there's other options. Or even if I think sometimes the hard thing about maybe doing something else is that all of a sudden you're admitting that maybe there's another option. Right. And it's different than what you've been told was out there. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, the way that I see it, formula is great. Breastfeeding is great. Pumping is great. A mixture of both is great. We are so fortunate to live in a time and place where we have all of these options. Right. And they're safe and they're healthy and there are, there are scientifically backed facts and figures about, you know, why breast milk might be ideally nutritional for an infant. But that doesn't negate the fact that formula is perfectly safe and fine if that's what you right. choose or that's what you need. Yeah, yeah. I just I think it's interesting if somebody's so heavily against something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was that, that psychology of that is very interesting, but I, I, there, that's a whole other thing. I mean, you can, that could be on any topic, literally. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Things. I'm, I'm fascinated by this postpartum doula aspect of, I mean, I've, I've certainly heard of doulas. Actually, my wife was an OB has been an OB nurse for a long time. She oh, kind of cool. vacillates between OB nursing and working in assisted living. She's like the beginning and wow. the end, you know, type of thing. And she's done that for 20 years and going back and forth. Oh, your wife's a and, special person. Oh, man. She's, she's a caretaker. She's an incredible caretaker, although she doesn't always believe it herself. <laughs> and I think sometimes with caretakers, they feel burdened by, mm-hmm. being, by having that gift because then everybody wants them to take care of them and stuff. It's, it's a so true. Credible gift to have, but one that people generally sometimes can use you. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, but she always has talked about uh, doulas, and actually, she went last summer to the farm out in Tennessee um, okay. for mid midwifery. It was like a midwifery oh. conference school type of thing. Basically, I mean, it's like really old school. They started in the seventies, and so she really thought she wanted to be a midwife. She's totally like into it. And then it just changed. She was like, nah, I think I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know. But she has a passion for a doula. So my wraparound point is 
postpartum doula. I've never heard of that. I've never heard her talk about that. Talk about that with me, please. Sure. So uh, I'll be totally honest. I don't know when the idea of postpartum doulas came into being, Uh, but the idea of a postpartum doula is that mothers need to be taken care of as much as their newborn babies do. Mm, Powerful. Yeah. And we live in a society where moms kind of disappear after the baby is born. You know, you go from seeing your OB or your midwife every other week, then you go to every week, and then you have a baby and you don't see anybody for six weeks. (laughs) That's true. Unless you, unless you've got a problem, you had a C-section, you've got high, I had high blood pressure when I had my baby. So I saw my doctor a few days later, but you know, we don't live in a society that nurtures the mother. We live in a society that says, get back into your pre-baby body as fast as possible and you know, lean in and show everybody that you are superwoman and can do everything. And also don't forget, you have to host your entire family and friends four days after you have this baby. Mm. And, you know, childbirth is, um, it's a physically demanding experience, no matter how you you do it, C-section, vaginal delivery, you know, induction, pain medication, it's, it's, it's tough on your body and we need to heal physically. We need to heal emotionally. We've got hormones raging. And so postpartum doulas come into the house and they help take care of the mom. Wow. That's wonderful. You know, I think there's, I think it's powerful because it's, it's kind of like you're up to this, this major, major event in your life. And then it just, boom, and you're cast back into the world. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's in many things, there are kind of these instances where you're in this very intense environment. And then when that intensity is over, it's just like, what are you left with? You know, it's back to normal. When it's very difficult to go back to normal in anything that's really intense without kind of a a runway Mm -hmm. back into it. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's, what this is. So what are kind of the inner workings of it on the kind of a, the typical aspect of being a postpartum doula with the mother after she's had the child? So it changes based on what the mom needs, but I can give you an example of some, what I worked with recently. She, um, this woman was pregnant with twins and she had never really been around babies before. Mm-hmm. She really didn't, you know, she took a newborn care class, but she didn't right. feel like she really knew what she was getting into. And she had a somewhat traumatic birth experience. The babies came prematurely. She had the flu. She had to be separated from the babies. Oh. They were in the NICU. So I came to her home uh, a couple of days after the baby's return home from the hospital they got out of the NICU and they were four one of them was four and a half pounds the other was five pounds wow teeny little things and this mom decided that she was going to exclusively pump because she couldn't she couldn't deal with the logistics of nursing two babies at the same time which I totally get so I helped her both with the newborn care Uh, I helped her do skin to skin for the first time. She was really nervous about holding the babies in that position when they're on your chest and kind of snuggled up on you. So I helped her with skin to skin for the first time. I helped her get them in their, um, in their stroller and pack the diaper bag for the first time. We gave them their first baths together. And that's all about giving the mom confidence to be the mom that she totally has the ability to be. Wow. I mean, that's like, really, you're getting down there to like, uh, like daily activities of what the mom's doing. Just say, Hey, we're going to help intro you into these things that you're going to be doing pretty regularly. Yeah. And you know, the difference between a doula and a baby nurse is that a baby nurse often does those things for the mom and the mom watches. I don't actually do any of it. I'm there as a guide and I'm there as the cheerleader 
And I'm there as the confidence builder and the support system. And then on the other side of that, you've got the newborn care and then you've got the mom care. I taught her how to pump. I cleaned her pumping stuff for her so she could stay seated on the couch and snuggle with the baby. Mm -hmm. I hung with the baby so she could take a nap. (laughs) Sometimes I hung with them so she could just take a shower. Course. And just be there for her in whatever it was that she needed. And with her, I, I was there twice a week for three hours each time for several weeks. And that's pretty typical once or twice a week for a couple of hours each time throughout that newborn period. So what are the conversations like, you know, with when you're with the mother, like beyond just the kind of the mechanics of everything, is there conversations related to just how they're feeling, kind of the emotional roller coaster of it all? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so much of it is just being there and listening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're a new mom, all you want to talk about is your babies and what you're going through. And sometimes you can feel like no one really wants to hear you talk about this for one more minute. <laughs> right. And I'm the person I want to hear about it. I want to hear all of it. I want to hear that you're I don't want to hear that you're in pain, but I want to sit and listen to you when you tell me that you're in pain. I want to, I want to hear you talk about the night sweats and that you think your baby smiled, even though he's only three weeks old and everyone tells you he couldn't smile yet. I want to hear it. I want to be there for it. Wow. What drives you for that, that level of intimacy and desire to want to do that? Oh, there's nothing better. I, there's really nothing better than being there for a new mom during that transformational time. You get to see these moms go from being nervous and unsure and questioning. And then you fast forward a couple of weeks and you're leaving them confident and empowered and boldly wearing the identity of mother. It's so awesome. Wow. That's amazing. I can, I can sense your passion (laughs) for just, you know, your voice, you know, I really just, to me, it's like a, it's a great privilege. We're all so different. You know, we, we care about a variety of different things. You know, the same passion you have for this, somebody else has for creating a painting, you know, or, yeah, or, you know, playing athletics or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. It's, I'm always in awe of the differences in us, but the passion's very similar and things that we care about, that we love, you know, the intensity yeah. is very similar. I think I'm very, very interested. I'm always interested in the mind of people, you know, in such a intense moment, you know, you hear about postpartum depression and women. Mm-hmm. And is that something you're experiencing with the women you're working with? Sometimes, sometimes, Sometimes. and and that's not, you know, postpartum doulas are, we like to say we're experts in normal. Hmm. Um, You know, one of the thing that we're, things we're trained to do is to recognize when something is not a part of the, you can't see my hands, I'm doing air quotes, Uh you know, the, the typical, I don't like to use the word typical or normal, but we're experts in recognizing when something needs additional help whether physical or emotional. And when someone starts to exhibit those signs, that's when I say very gently, listen, I am totally here for you. I am not going anywhere, but I think that you could benefit from talking to a a therapist or a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I have my list of referrals and people that they can go to who are really trained in taking care of moms in that specific way. Are they usually pretty receptive to that? Eventually. Sometimes it takes Eventually. Yeah, you know, sometimes it takes time. Nobody wants to be you know, nobody wants to admit that they need extra help. You know? Yeah, I think that's again similar in, in many states and shapes of the human experience. You know, we want to believe that we can do things by ourselves and we don't need assistance or mm-hmm. the belief that that makes us weaker. 
in our mind or less of uh, a person. When in, in the instance, you, you need help. Nobody's the master of everything. There's other people who are really, really good at helping with something that you cannot deal with on your own. Yeah, so much of it is just the universal human experience. Yeah, I see so many parallels in this to so many other things, which is interesting how something can be so different, especially to me in my world, but feel very similar in many things that I deal with, with people and, and chat, you know, just being alive. Yeah. Yeah. Parallels with that. And so it's very interesting. So how long are you staying with the new mothers? Um, What's the length of time you would be maybe say, Hey, this is, this relationship is ending for this, the mechanics of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really with the postpartum doula stuff. I mean, with all of it, it's really up to the mom. Yeah. People buy, you know, the mechanics of it are people buy packages of a certain right. amount of hours. So um, like a, a 20 to 30 hour package is pretty typical. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people will add, sometimes they'll add on to that. Gotcha. Um, but but yeah, 20 to 30 hours and then that's spread out usually over a couple of weeks is a typical amount of time for, for the in-home uh, the in-home doula work, the virtual stuff. It's a little bit different. Usually mm. that is that's by weeks because I'm meeting with you once a week online for an hour or so. Um, and in that, you know, people will book, sometimes they'll book eight weeks or 12 weeks. So compare and contrast maybe the, the differences and similarities with the in-person versus the virtual service? Well, the in-person is, um, it's a lot more intensive. It's more hands-on. Um, it's more, it's, it, it can be more intimate. It isn't always, but it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the nice thing about in-person is as the doula, you get to know the entire family. You get to know the right. babies right. and the partner and, the grandmother who stops by on the afternoons and when you're doing virtual, you're building a really lovely relationship with the mother. Right. And it becomes, it becomes a really safe space in a way that the in-person can, but doesn't always because there's so many other things going around. When, when you're on the phone with someone or you're on Skype with someone, it's just the two of you look, looking straight at each other's face for the entire conversation. Oh man. You know, so this is, it's interesting that, that we're meeting chatting about this. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. Stephanie told you that I do uh, virtual live virtual training. Personal no, training. no, no. She didn't tell me that. So I have a couple businesses, but one of I've been in the fitness business for almost twenty years, mm-hmm. and for seven, well, eight, yeah, seventeen and a half of those years, I trained all my clients in person most of that time in Las Vegas, and then I moved up here to Washington State to start uh, a spa, fitness, and recreation consulting and management business. But I wanted to continue to train people. I love personal training. I enjoy mm-hmm. doing it. Been doing it forever. And but I wanted to move into the more of the technological realm with the live virtual aspect of it through Skype, FaceTime, mm-hmm. Zoom, whatever. And when you were talking about the difference, I was like, that is literally word for word what I've told people. <laughs> literally. <laughs> That's great. I love that. that like means literally. We're both seeing I was it. like, I'm like, huh. Because people would say, Well, I don't I don't know if it will be that good, like because you're not in front of me. I was like, and I always tell people after doing it for a while now, in many ways, it's way more intimate than being mm-hmm. in person. Mm-hmm. It's like you're staring down the barrel of a gun or in this tunnel, and it's just you and the other person. And you're right. You're developing this, this really direct relationship with another person mm-hmm. virtually that you cannot many times after training people so long in person – when sometimes I do fly back to Vegas and train some of my clients in person oh, wow. and I feel, and I go, what, you know, this, I feel better doing this online. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I'm getting a more, I like intimacy. I'm a very intimacy based person. And I feel the intimacy is greater 
on virtually because in person I feel there's there's somewhat there's more going on and like like you said literally this there's a lot more going on I would go into people's homes and like the kids would run downstairs there's other stuff TVs playing you know dogs barking this and that and it's more of a sacred space when it's just between the two people virtually yep it's like entering your own system that you're a part of your own virtual world and actually most of my clients prefer it this way i mean that's all i'm doing now but they they love it they fell in love with it almost immediately because it felt like it was their sacred time yep. for it's, them it's so it's almost counterintuitive right to right. think yes. that like doing something yes. over the internet could be more intimate than doing something in person we're so trained now to you know to look down on using the internet in that way, I feel like, you know, like we're right. glued to our phones and that's a bad thing. But technology has brought us to a place where we can really have impact and connection on a very, very real level virtually. Totally. I mean, I, if you would ask me years ago about it, I'd been like, no, it's, it would not be nobody's going to want to do that. Yeah. You know, they're not going to have that. And now that I do it literally right before we came on and uh, I was virtually training one of my clients and that's all I've been doing all day in between doing podcast interviews. <laughs> and I'm just, just at home doing this. I'm in my backyard or I'll drive over to the beach or whatever. And, and the feedback has been phenomenal about it. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's why I'm really excited about this idea of, um, virtual support groups for moms, because I think, you know, just because there aren't enough exclusive pumpers in your little town to get a group together, doesn't mean that there aren't plenty of other people literally in the world who are going through the same thing as you. And I mean, I'm using zoom as my, um, my meeting place and you can have 20 people in the same room and seeing each exactly. other's faces and taking care of each other and supporting each other. It's incredibly powerful. I think so too. And I think you're right with about, about we've been kind of socialized into all oh, technology. It's so bad. I mean, yeah. And there are elements that have changed the way we live and that we definitely should improve upon, but there's this beautiful element when used really well, it unites people. Yeah. And it's, I, I, it's it's creating new pathways for jobs and and this kind of uh, almost gig economy is creating mm-hmm. this incredible other option for people. I mean, for like me, like I could, you know, all of my life is now remote. I don't go to an office or anything. I don't. I just go to wherever I want to go. Yep. And my clients do the same exact thing, and it's extremely freeing. Uh, doing that. I mean, I I'm in a neighborhood where I live in Washington. I live right on the border of Canada. And, and it's kind of like everybody that lives here is retired. It's a big retirement community. And then there's me and my wife, we're like 41. And, (laughs) and we look like we don't belong here. And a couple of my neighbors are like, so what do you do? Like you live here. (laughs) So I don't, I, I work remotely. And they always see me walking around outside and they're probably like, what does this guy do? What is this guy doing all day? (laughs) He's like literally outside in his slippers all day, hanging out like, what's going on? But that's the world we're moving towards. I'm sure people think that about me. I've been, (laughs) I've had a tough time working out now that I'm, I'm Uh 29 weeks pregnant and I've been exercising. Congratulations. Thank you. I guess I didn't say that. Yes, I'm pregnant. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I've been working out, you know, throughout the whole time, but it's, it's getting tough. My body is definitely giving me signs Mm -hmm. to slow down and chill out a little bit. So I've, I've taken to the water and I've started swimming and I started doing a water Zumba class every Mm -hmm. Tuesday morning. Awesome. And it's me and a whole lot of retired ladies (laughs) (laughs) and one other girlfriend of mine who is a consultant and also has her own business and we have the best time and I am sure that these women look at us like who are these people (laughs) and how are they they free to do water zumba at 11 a.m on a Tuesday (laughs) that's exactly right they're like no you you should be working honey (laughs) You should like, like where are your kids? Where's your office? <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is my lunch break. 
This is it's this is good. where the world is going. I'm yeah. telling you, it's you seeing you're gonna start seeing people of all ages just kind of milling around town, and so your whole like rhythm of how people work is changing uh-huh. dramatically. You can't oh, it's a lunchtime crew, and this is this time thing. It's it's gonna change, and the technology is is helping us to change how the world is operating yeah. on that. So I mean, it's fantastic that you're able to do that with that. And I've seen like therapists are doing that now, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's just incredible what's, what's coming from this stuff. And clearly I had no clue this was going on. This is, this is like fascinating to me. (laughs) I like things that I don't know anything about. I love it. I, I, I'm learning from you. I've never heard of someone doing personal training virtually. That's amazing. I I hadn't heard of it heard of it either, honestly, until I started <laughs> doing it. And then I started doing it, and now it's been a little while, and uh, I still don't know anybody doing it. And I think it's a pretty it's a pretty lonely in the sense of um, uh, approach to it because a lot of trainers just use like online program design. So they'll just write programs for people. Okay. And they'll say, Hey, you here's buy these programs. And then you could contact me throughout the week. You like phone calls or texts, whatever. Oh, interesting. But I, I didn't, I didn't want to do that because I felt that was very cold mm-hmm. and it didn't, it wasn't intimate. And I said, this free technology that allows you to have the in-person feel uh, for it. So I was like, I'm just going to branch out. I'm going to do it. And uh, it surprisingly has become a, a pretty big business for me. And I'm not sure why. Well, maybe that's not true. I was going to say I'm not sure why other people are doing it. But I think there's an element. And maybe you can you can speak on this is I find that it's um, in many ways there involves a lot more skill because it's almost like you're on a stage you're on a show in mm-hmm. some way. And there's no. There's no like, like when I would train somebody in person, like they would go take a water break, whatever, and there'd be music playing in the gym. And, you know, they'd walk around here and there'd be times that we didn't have contact completely all the way. Mm-hmm. And in this space, like it's just constant contact. It's like, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't be like, hey, unless I'm going over here or whatever. It's like we're in each other's face all like the entire time. Yeah. And that's a different way of approaching, a different way of working with somebody. It's true. It's true. You're very, you're very front and center. You're very on when you're, I mean, that's, it's the other side of the same coin as the, right. The, the pro is that it's very intimate, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And I guess the con can be, if you choose to look at it this way, that you are, you are on <laughs> as the practitioner, yeah. you are on yeah. the whole time. The entire time. I mean, do you, you feel that like, Hey, I'm, I'm like, I have to be like a game constantly when I'm doing this because we're, we're in such a direct sight line of each other. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be, you've got to be completely present and really, and really be there for the the other person on the line. I, I have, I have found that to be very true also. And now to see, now I'm finding out that this is happening virtually. I mean, what else is happening out there virtually? You know? <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're, and like you said, we're entering a time when like almost anything can be done virtually. doesn't mean everything should be done virtually. That's true. But, you know, there's people doing all kinds of coaching and consulting and counseling and, you know, what have you online. I feel like now, like my daughter came in the little area that I do my podcast. She's like walking real slowly. Like she's going (laughs) to, she's growing up watching me do a podcast, watching me train people through a computer screen, a phone. Like, how is that going to affect her when she grows up? She's going to know that it's a possibility to not have to go to a a place to clock in. I listened to a podcast where the host, it's an, She's a new podcast and she's very transparent and open about the fact that she's new and learning as she goes along. And she's a mom mm-hmm. of two. And she talks about the fact that she podcasts from her closet. I love it. And I love it so much. <laughs> because who doesn't have a closet? True. I mean, who would have thought that you could do essentially radio broadcast 
from not just from your own home, from your closet that, you know, if you've got the ingenuity to like, think about it, it's a, it's a small space. So I guess the sound is contained and you've got all the clothes on the walls. So it's helping with the echo and the reverberations and, and it keeps her, she can lock the door so her kids can't come in accidentally. (laughs) And I just love that she talks about the fact that she's podcasting from her closet. It's just fantastic. That's genius. I mean, like I said, the world's changing. And when I started podcasting, it was like, oh, what do I need to get? You know, I'm researching how to do it. I'm literally just, you know, going Googling it. And I just, in learning that, like, it's very simple to Mm -hmm. do. It's cost almost nothing to do it. I just basically have a a decent microphone, like 30 bucks that Mm -hmm. connects right into my phone. And I'm in a spare room that is off of my garage that has a bunch of stuff in it, you know, from, from when we moved last year and, uh, it's nothing special, but, um, you would never know yep. when you listen to my podcast. No, you definitely know. not. It's amazing. Not. It's literally amazing how technology yeah. has changed. I'm hosting, uh, in two weeks, a little under two weeks, I'm doing my first webinar Awesome. On exclusive, on exclusive pumping for newborns. It's a little bit of a different game when you've got a newborn. Right. And, you know, I, I, I'm doing the webinar as a way of launching this support circle, this group support circle that I mentioned. And I sort of just, I came up with the idea. I read about a couple of other people who use webinars to launch these kinds of programs. And I just decided I'm going to, I've got a deadline. I've got a baby due in October. So like, how quickly can I just put this out into the world, make a couple of mistakes, learn a whole bunch (laughs) and just like, just do it. Like just, just do it, do it. And in like three days, I've got pretty much everything set up and ready to go. I did a couple of internet searches just like you did with your podcast. And I figured out the microphone situation and Facebook ads and all this stuff. And it's just, I mean, literally in three days, I was able to, you know, put this thing together and I'm going to start registration for it this week on Thursday. Wow. And yeah, it's just, you just make, you know, when you make the decision to just do it, it's amazing how things kind of, you know, can appear. That is incredible. Yeah. When you, when you have action, you have movement in your life on something, you know, there's going to be things you got to learn, you know, trials and errors, but just the action of doing it is the magic yep. and making it happen and going, okay, well, the first one, you know, we'll see how it goes, <laughs> you know, and, and you'll make, you know, tweaks and adjustments from there. Yep, exa- exactly. I was talking to my husband about what my goals are for this first ever quick and dirty webinar that I'm putting yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the content isn't quick and dirty, but the, the setup is. And I said right. to him, you know, I've got my, I've got my numerical metrics of what I'm hoping to accomplish. But really, my goals are learn how to do a webinar have the experience of doing that first scary one so that the next one is less scary. Right. Learn something about my target audience. And, you know, I made it so that the metrics, my success metrics are way more about gaining an experience and learning something from that experience than whatever participant numbers or conversion rates or dollars that I am able to make. (laughs) And, you know, that way I I do this first pilot before the baby gets here. And then I give myself some time to chill and be a new mom again. And then I'll hit the road running and it won't be as scary because I tried it. Totally true. Totally true. Now with, both, you know, being a, a postpartum doula and a lactation counselor, correct? Counselor, mm-hmm. is that what it is? Yes. What's the education for those things? What do you have to do to become licensed, certified for those things? So the postpartum doula, um, so it's a little bit of a complicated question because neither of these certifications are accredited by 
a larger body Mm -hmm. by any kind of accrediting body. So there's different, there's different organizations that offer their own certifications for both. Okay. So um, I chose to go through uh, a company, an organization called CAPA, C-A-P-P-A, and I don't remember what mm-hmm. it stands for. I can look. <laughs> I can Kappa, look. you know. Um, yeah, I, I can't remember what it stands for. Um, <laughs> child something. I'm not going to pretend to try to remember okay. what it is. Um, <laughs> but so I went through training with Kappa, and it was uh, it was an online course that I did. Um, and it took about, let's say it took about six months to go through the entire thing. It was like a mix of lectures and exercises and uh, books that I had to read. There were like nine different books I had to read. And then an exam at the end. Plus, I had to see three clients and have them review me. Uh, now, is this online or in person or a mixture of both? Uh, so all of the coursework was online. The clients that I had to see for my evaluation had to be in-person clients. I see. So that was the postpartum doula. And then, so my specific lactation certification is called a CLC, Certified Lactation Counselor. And that is a 45-hour course. You spend five days inside a classroom, learning as much as humanly possible. And then you have a practical exam where you watch videos of babies breastfeeding and you make, uh, you, you sort of analyze it and make suggestions and whatnot. Right. And, uh, and a multiple choice exam. I see. Yeah. There are, there are many other lactation certifications out there that are a wide range of the amount of time and uh, how intensive they are. But that's the one that I did. And so how, what was the process of moving from getting educated or the certifications to growing your business? So I did the postpartum doula certification while I was still at my full-time job. Um, So that, and I, I did it that way so that when I did leave, I could hit the ground running. I sort of, I did all the back work on my business while I was still in my job. I, I started right. blogging while I was still working. I set up my website, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then very shortly after I left my full-time job, I went to Florida to do my CLC training. And, and then I hit the ground running. Awesome. Now do, again, I'm not sure about all this. Now do organizations hire people to do these jobs as well versus just being a kind of an entrepreneur and doing it on your own? So not with my level of certification. There's a, there is another level um, of certification called a lactation consultant. It's a, Mm -hmm. IBCLC, Internationally Board Certified Lactation Consultant. And that is a much more extensive certification. It's, it requires um, college credits and uh, hundreds of practical hours with a, with a practitioner, um, a much more, much more training, and a lot of hospitals will hire those lactation consultants right now in the postpartum doula that is this is this a pretty new space generally speaking uh for business wise i newer newer i would say i really you know i know that the term doula first came on the scene i think in like the 60s or 70s um but that was birth doulas the type of doulas that your wife works with in the hospital setting. Um, I'm really not sure when postpartum doulas came onto the scene. I really didn't know about them at all until I had my son. Right. And so then, then you became aware of it and then it probably made sense to you, right? At that point, you're like, yes, this is a a service people need, right? I mean, a mother needs. Yeah, for sure. 
It makes so much sense, actually. It, yeah. it seems obvious, actually. It seems very obvious. Um, and it almost, it's now that I think about it, I'm like, man, this seems pretty obvious for a lot of different things, actually. <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, we always talk about like, and people are coming back from, you know, let's say veterans and things of that nature or whatever it is. It's like, man, we need to spend some real time on helping people decompress from these very intense experiences. Oh, yeah. Going. Transitions are hard. We're so good. You have, you have a daughter. You understand. We're so good mm-hmm. at creating healthy and safe transitions for children. Like we would never expect a kid to go from, you know, jumping on the monkey bars and being like crazy outside and say, Oh, okay. It's bedtime. Pajamas get in bed. Yeah. You you bring them into the house (laughs) and you get washed up and you read them a book. Set the the scene. Right. Right. We set the scene and we help them transition from, you know, from space to space. And we don't do that for ourselves as adults. We have a very weird idea of how to do things as adults and and it's strange to me like it's i was just having this conversation the other day about this i'm like it's kind of like networking i'm a big Mm -hmm. networker i'm on linkedin all the time and i just just how i meet people i never have a problem getting guests on the show because i'm always constantly meeting (laughs) that's awesome and just so i've been on there 12 years but it's like kids like i look at my daughter network her version of networking is you want to be my friend you want to play with me (laughs) and she's fearless kids are generally fearless with Mm -hmm. that stuff they just meet somebody boom 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 they're playing their best pals they want to have play dates together it's like instant chemistry adults are pretty bad at that actually there's like because we're so worried about each other and i'm not saying we should all do like kids do because you know there's some boundaries you need to have adults be like excuse me you know (laughs) i don't know you but i love their fearless nature of going up to somebody else and saying, hey, you know, let's basically chat, let's talk, mm-hmm. let's interact. And as adults, we we are more guarded as we get older and older. And we say, oh, you know, the number one thing I get with people when I network is I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how to meet people like I don't I don't get it. And so I'm like, man, we've lost our childlike ability to connect with other human beings. It's so true. Like it's so true. When people say they don't know how to network it's, it's, you're, it's just a funny thing because all networking is, is talking to another person. Yeah. That's you don't it. know how to talk to another person. That's it. <laughs> oh we God. all, we all are born, you know, for the most part, knowing how to, how to do that. And kids, like you said, they're just totally fearless. They find something in common. They, and that thing oh, in yeah. common can be that they both want to play with a ball or swing yeah. on the swings. <laughs> and that's I enough. my daughter. I watch my daughter all the time when she plays and I, I, I literally take notes. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, I'm going to do be like, I'm going to reach out to this person and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find something in common more, you know, and it always works for me always, you know, but people are always skeptical too. At the same time, they're like, I always get on LinkedIn. People go, if I ask them, oh, you went to the school. How did you like it? And they go, well, why did you, why do you want to know? Like I'm trying to like figure <laughs> out to some get way something to, out of them or yeah, let me infiltrate the fact that you went to Oklahoma State and I need to know. <laughs> I'm just like and I like I'm just trying to get to know you. That's pretty. That's it. <laughs> They're like, oh okay, I didn't know. <laughs> Is this what it's come to? <laughs> it's pretty mind blowing actually, and so it's. I think that transition. As you mentioned, transitions are really important, mm-hmm. and uh, and this transition is probably one of the greatest transitions that mothers and families, because it not only does that transition help the mother, it helps the family unit, mm-hmm. and as well, I would imagine so, right? I mean, oh yeah, it's it's beneficial for everybody. Everyone's transitioning. It, you're becoming a father. You're becoming a sibling. You're you know you're becoming a grandmother or even if it's the second or third baby, it's it's still changing the entire family dynamic. And right. everybody benefits from taking a moment to acknowledge that. <laughs> okay, everybody. This this thing happened. We need to deal with it. We need Yeah, to- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Life life goes on. We're gonna continue forward. You're still gonna, you know, 
go to school and you're still going to go to work, but let's acknowledge that there's a, there's a shift in the family and let's honor the transition that we're going through. I tell you, I, I will share this with you and everybody, because again, I like to be transparent. I struggled tremendously with my daughter the first year and a half. It was, it was bad for me. I, what was tough for you? I think it just, one, I didn't like all the crying. Like the crying thing was like really, for some reason, it like really like it messed with my brain Mm -hmm. quite a bit. And I know some people I've had friends who are like, it doesn't bother them and stuff. But I've also had other friends who are like, they felt exactly the same. Like, oh, yeah. And the lack of being able to talk yeah. to the, the baby was like, it was weird for me. Mm-hmm. It just, and I remember I had this big moment, which is funny to talk about the closet thing. I was in a closet in Las Vegas <laughs> when we lived there and I broke down. I was crying and I just felt like overwhelmed. And my wife comes to me and she's like, you haven't been talking to me about this. You know, what's going on? I said, I just, I'm in over my head, man. I just, this is, this is like real. This is a lot for me. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this constant connection, the constant taking care of something on this level is, I don't like it. I remember telling her, I was like, I really don't like it. <laughs> and she was like, you know, she's very care. She's a caretaker. Mm-hmm. You know, she was so good about it, but I felt like a disappointment. When and I remember I called my buddy who uh, has older kids and he said, you know, it's okay, It's normal. He was like, honestly, when my daughter was little, I wanted to throw out of her window one time. (laughs) It was like it was just the feeling you have these weird thoughts sometimes, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think you get sometimes you think I'm under what will people think about me if they if they knew I thought about these things sometimes, you know. Yep. Scary. Uh, That was just scary thoughts and then you realize that's semi-normal people start thinking these things it's totally normal scary thoughts are normal it doesn't mean you're gonna do it Gosh. no i would have never done anything. obviously your friend was not going to actually throw their baby out the window no no I, and i would never even think that for a second but scary thoughts are super normal they're they're part of it i remember this isn't so much of a scary thought but I, this is sort of similar to what you were saying. I remember looking at my son one day, I think I had, I had gone out for something and I came home and I remember looking at him and saying, you are always here. (laughs) You're just, you're always here now. This is it. You live here and you are always here. Right. And it was like, it hit me like a brick (laughs) (laughs) that like, this is not babysitting. This is not hanging out with my friend's kid. This is not my niece (laughs) or my nephew. You are, you are my child and you are always here (laughs) for better or for worse. (laughs) That's fantastic. It's true. It's this, it's the finality of it in many ways, you know, and just the, 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 this disruption and, and there's a better word, I'm sure, just in your life and the changes and like, oh, disruption. That is uh, a good word yeah. for it. <laughs> it's very jarring for me. And, you know, I just I didn't enjoy the little baby phase. I just, just I just I just didn't. I tried really hard. And I just told my wife, I said, this isn't fun for me. This isn't a, I don't like it. And she's like, I, you know, I, she's like, I get it. I, you know, it's like and now like my daughter is going to be eight next month and mm-hmm. you know we're having the best times you know we're chatting about fun things we're taking these car rides together and having daddy daughter dates i just had to get through that time you know it's just it was rough for me yeah. very rough i love your honesty and transparency Thank with you. this because you know i work with the moms in large part because i am a mom and i think that being able to relate in that way is important and we're yeah. we're starting to give a lot more attention and love and understanding to the moms and what they're going through but the dads man the dads <laughs> and the and the non-birthing partners they're going through it too and it is diff- it's different but it's not easier and when a mom is born a dad is born <laughs> yes and <laughs> you know i i think we're 
starting to we're starting to turn a corner in this where we're allowed to talk about men having real deep emotions. <laughs> and it's really important yes. for people like you to be honest and vocal and say, yeah, this was hard for me. It's not just the moms who are breaking down crying on the bathroom floor. It's the no. dads too. I'm doing it too. And I wanted to be very heavily involved and in nature of my work has always allowed me to, especially now I'm home with my daughter all the time. And, you know, I, I take her to the, the bus stop every day. You know, my, my <laughs> wife works really early and then mm-hmm. she gets home kind of right after Rosie gets home. So I'm doing all that stuff, you know, yep. and, all, and then when summer, summertime now, she's with me all the time when she's not in camp. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of heavy lifting. I always have. And, you know, I know sometimes I think dads get the rap of like, oh, you know, you just go to work and then, you know, you kind of just, you know, you don't do any bedtimes, you don't change any diapers, you're just kind of the good time guy. Mm-hmm. I've never had that experience ever. I've always been heavily, deeply involved in it. And I think that's what's crushed me in the beginning was <laughs> I was like, whoa, the amount of work is it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's mind numbing. Yeah. And, uh, and now, like, um, you know, there's challenges with every stage of, you know, the child growing up. But I finally feel like we have a lot in common with each other now because we're two beings that can actually speak to each other, have feelings. She can tell mm-hmm. me how she feels. And I, I'm very good with teenagers because I, I don't know, something about that level I can you identify connect with, with them. Yes, I connect. I remember that time in my life so vividly. And I'm good with teenagers, but little kids, I'm like, ah. <laughs> yep. We all, listen, we all have our, our strengths and our comfort zones. Yeah. And that's, that is okay. It's okay. You know, little kids are like drunk roommates to me. They're just like. <laughs> they totally are. Wobbling around, yelling, <laughs> screaming, you know, it's like, really? Who brought the drunk guy here? They're you know? messy. Like, they messy. say whatever they're thinking. They do not listen. No, listen. They're incoherent half the time. I'm just like, man, I always tell my wife, it's like having a drunk person living here constantly. It's just a mess. It's just angry tantrums and stuff. <laughs> like. Oh, it's so funny. It's just too funny to me, you know, but um, I, I don't know. I just like to be honest. I don't like to hold things in. I think we are reaching a point, especially where guys are more open to speaking about things. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to just to be open and transparent. And I think what you're doing is awesome. I think it's Thank incredible. You. I would have never known about it unless uh, Stephanie connected us. And that's the beauty of networking is, yeah. you know, we don't even know another person exists, you know, until somebody brings them into your life. Yeah. So. so true. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. And thank you for giving me the time to talk to you a little bit, Sandy, learn a little bit more about you. And I look forward to getting this out to everybody. And that's a, it'll be a different look for my audience, which is good. It's good to, you know, learn new things, right? Open yourself oh. up to, to what's out there. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed, enjoyed talking to you. So not too bad, right? Not too bad at all. <laughs> no, I try to make it easy on everybody. I try to ask questions, kind of lead it, let it go on. But yeah, I, yeah. Maybe even a little bit fun. Maybe even slightly <laughs> fun, right? Yeah, there you go. Well, thank you so much, Sandy. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.